Hometown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Huge shout out to the SAC chat helping me out. I'm riding with Emil to the game, so I'm looking for a one-way ticket of something or some way to get back to Sacramento because Emil's going to be riding. He's going to be doing all the press conferences, and I'm not trying to get home at 2 in the morning. I'm looking at this Capitol Corridor, and you guys are right. I see special services San Francisco 49ers playoff games. What's interesting. Really? Yeah, and it takes you right to Levi Stadium. That's awesome. What's interesting is that they have them set up here, but then there's no way to to get your, I guess, to to buy your, I'm seeing here, book your ticket, but then when you go to book your ticket and you try to put where to go, (laughs) Levi doesn't come up. Interesting. Right? So that is what I'm trying to figure out right now. So just continue walking me through it, people. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Maybe we could do this in one of the breaks. They can help you out or something. That would be great. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Idea, Let's do that there just you for the YouTube. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Help Alan. Thank help you. Alan. Help, help me. Help me plan my travel. All right. As we get to some of the big names that Chris and I have thrown around throughout the course of this trade season. I'm putting it to you like this, Kings fans. It's bad news. <laughs> it's, it's not great news for the for the Kings. And as far as names that we were really high on, and these are both from these are both from Sam Amico. And we discussed them a little bit to start the show as we get into a little bit more detail here. Uh, you have Wizards not inclined to trade Kyle Kuzma. That seems pretty darn new. This was posted yesterday at 8.28 p.m. So, or last night at 8.28 p.m. So it seems like the Wizards might be deciding, we actually do want to build around Kyle Kuzma and, and Koulibaly and some of these guys. Nobody knows. Maybe that could all change. Maybe yep. people will say, fine, we'll give you the three first-round picks, as David Aldridge has kind of mentioned, that they will be looking for a price similar to Pascal Siakam. I think that changes things. And again, Chris, to your point, it's because Kyle Kuzma's contract isn't ridiculous, right? It's either going to cost you first-round picks or you're going to be dealing with a bad contract. These are the two options right now in the market. And the other one that almost made Chris shed a tear when I sent this to him, also from Sam Amico, that the Bulls would want multiple first-rounders in any trade involving Alex Caruso. Are you out of your mind? (sighs) Are you out of your mind? Makes me upset. Makes me really upset. What are we doing? Do you think they actually think this, or they're just saying we're just going to wait it out? No, I'm telling you, I think they really think it. Uh, this is uh, Jake Fisher is the one who initially reported uh, the Alex Caruso thing. He said, for starters, Chicago is seeking multiple first-round picks in any deal involving Caruso. Chicago has indicated uh, the Bulls would need multiple first-round picks to even consider parting with Caruso, according to league sources, if Chicago even truly considers moving him at all, Fisher wrote. So uh, it doesn't seem great. And there was also, I mean, not to mention the fact there was teams in line. Uh, Jake Fisher reports the Lakers, San Antonio Spurs, Milwaukee Bucks, and New York Knicks uh, are among teams interested in trading for Caruso. I don't know if you noticed, the Kings weren't one of those names. No. So it's one of those situations, too, where it's, oh, you want Alex Caruso? Get in line, pal, because so does everybody else. And that's well. where it's scary, where I don't I don't know if the Kings ever can, uh, if they're competing with teams, it's very 
uh, unlikely that they can throw out the best deal of any other team. You know, I don't know if you ever went through this in Sacramento, but it reminds me of pre-pandemic and the Bay Area rental situation was crazy. Oh, it's bad here, too. And it reminds me of, I mean, we'd be, we'd go to see an apartment, and I'm not kidding you, Chris, people wouldn't even look at the actual apartment. They would just run and grab, this is 2019, people were still doing kind of the, the paper, you know, the paper situation where you fill it out. Paper applications. The paper applications, <laughs> paper right? Situation. The paper situation application. <laughs> and you, they were grabbing the applications before they even looked at the at the apartment. Dude. That's uh, what this reminds yeah, me of. Yeah. No, completely. I mean, yeah, I've <laughs> completely. This it's, is crazy it's now. It's messed. It's, 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 uh, it's ruined. And, you know, shout out Rudy Gobert for really destroying the trade market. No, not shout out Rudy uh, Gobert. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. You're right. Uh, whatever the opposite of a shout out is yeah. to Rudy Gobert, uh, Rudy Gobert for ruining the trade market. But, yeah, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. I don't know how any team is supposed to compete with this because Alex Caruso, maybe not Alex Caruso, but a guy maybe, let's say, DeMar DeRozan mm. is somebody who – you know, with an expiring contract, you realistically can't expect anything more than maybe you'll get a young player or maybe you'll get a pick, a first-round pick, like in the 17 or later category, a second half of the first round. But it can't be two. You can't leverage the future. And if you're the Kings, you just can't even be involved in this Alex Crusoe situation because, yes, even though I've been the number one supporter of bringing Alex Crusoe into town – it's not worth the giving up the two first-round picks because, again, the Kings don't have the luxury of having more picks to move on from to get a guy who will actually – Alex Caruso is going to make an impact, but hes not, I don't think he's going to change this team maybe going from a first to a second round. I mean, there's a possibility that maybe it is, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's not a Jeremy Grant or a Kyle Kuzma or uh, any of the forwards that I think would have more impact. So it's, it's just – it's way too big of a price. And it's not just Kyle Kuzma. It's guys like – Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, and, two first-rounders. Uh, I mean, really, everybody. Clint Capella, even, I think they were asking for two first-round picks. You know, so it's nuts. does this make you feel differently about the 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 cost of the Pascal Siakam trade and or the OG Ananobi trade? Does it make you feel like the Knicks and the Pacers who got their guy? Does it make you yeah. feel like, okay, if this does remain the market and we don't see a drop on February 7th or sure. February 8th prior to the time of the deadline. Does this make you feel differently about what they had to give up? Because we thought, man, that's steep. But now if you're saying, well, they got that for Pascal and that's what they're asking for Alex Caruso, I right. mean. Well, we'll see. I mean, because the Toronto was in a bit of a different situation where it's almost more comparable to like DeRozan where they, ha- they have, to- if you don't move on from OG or Pascal, mm-hmm. they're gone. So you're right. getting absolutely nothing. The, the weird thing about this year's trade market is the guys who are available, the Kyle Kuzmas, the Jeremy Grants, the Alex Caruso's, the Zach Levines, they're not expiring. They have multiple years on their contract, and so it becomes more so like the Dame talks where you're not just trading for the end of the season of Damian Lillard. You're trading for three full seasons of what he might give you, and so that's just going to, whether right or wrong, it's going to raise the, the trade value of all those guys because – the other team's going to say, well, we don't have to get rid of Zach Levine this year. Of course, we would like to, but at the end of the day, we've already pretty much paid him the $50 million he's owed this year. Yeah, Might as well roll the dice for next year and hope that, you know, with another year taken off of his deal, maybe it makes him a little bit more enticing of a player to trade for. So I, I think it's kind of a, a weird market in terms of 
there's not a lot of expiring deals. And usually the expiring contracts are the first ones to say, okay, let's let's definitely get those off the books like the, right. the uh, Toronto guys. Or, yeah, like the Toronto guys. But, but does it make you feel differently? What would you rather do, I guess, in this situation? Because we know how you feel about Jeremy Grant, not the yeah. player, the contract, yes. Yes. or the well, combination, all, yeah. but yeah. the combination <laughs> of it. Combination. But if it's going to, what what are you more concerned about? Paying what might be an overpay in a contract mm-hmm. or giving up for more first-rounders than yeah. you would have liked because maybe in some of these situations with the Zach Levines of the world, they're willing to say, hey, we know you're paying a higher price. Yeah. that's what, So you don't have – it's not going to be – the reason that some of these deals are so quote-unquote expensive is because they feel like you're getting a value deal, so they're trying to get that value back in a sure. different way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's your question there is, is would I rather do what now? Overpay Jeremy Grant if it means that the trade isn't as hefty. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to end up giving if, – if the Kings, regardless of if it's Kyle Kuzma, Jeremy Grant, whoever, sure. are going to give up three first-round picks – yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if we're going to give up three first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma or three round, first-round picks for Jeremy Grant, I mean, at that point, I would say you should maybe still factor in money at that mm-hmm. point. Like, Kyle Kuzma still is technically the better deal, but ultimately, I think if you're going to be paying the price, you should probably just get the player that you feel like is better. And if you feel like Jeremy Grant is just flat-out, unequivocally, the better player, then whatever. I mean, you were going to give up those picks anyway. But no, no, no. But I'm saying it would be two first rounders for Jeremy Grant because mm-hmm. he's more expensive, three first rounders for Kyle Kuzma because he's on a more team friendly deal. Then which way Oof. would you rather go? Yeah, I would probably, uh, if that's the case, that's tough, but I would probably go Jeremy Grant. Cause I would say maybe we even cut if, that even, cut <laughs> it. even if it's the higher paid player, you're getting less and you're still probably getting the better. There you go. So, Got to get to a break. When we get back, I hope you're happy. No, I, I definitely am. I knew what I was doing. I was going to get there one way or the other. When we get back, switching over to some Niners talk as we talk about their Niners. defense and how they can wake up against the Lions and one of the more immobile quarterbacks in the league and Jared Goff. Shout out Cal. Salz and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Positions in different ways. If you are a pitcher, it's nice to get strikeouts. If you are a hitter, it's nice to get home runs. If you are a three-point shooter, it's nice to make some threes. If you are a dunker, we want to see you fly high. And if you are on the D-line and you are a defensive end, we want to see if you can get some sacks. And when you add Hargrave to a Nick Bosa, and then you add Chase Young... And you give them all these cool little Ohio State nicknames. Get Randy Gregory too. and Randy I know Gregory, just a flyer, right? And you are actually sacking quarterbacks less, it feels like, <laughs> than last season. Based on the guys that you brought in, that seems to be a problem. Well, Nick Bosa spoke 
with the media and wanted to talk about how maybe they could impact the game in different ways, even if they're not getting home to the quarterback. Here he is. Uh, not when the scoreboard's in our favor. So uh, we affect the game in different ways. Uh, sacks are good. I feel like I talk about this a lot. I wish I didn't have to, but uh, <clears throat> it's what we're paid to do. So, um, But affecting the quarterback in different ways could be just as valuable as sacks. Um, they're hard to come by lately, but we're going to keep working our ass off to get get them as many as we can. Great insight right there from Nick Bosa. Always. As he basically just says, hey, we're we're trying here. We're trying to get it done. Now, some of these numbers with Jared Goff would say that it would be really important for them to get it done because Jared Goff is just not a mobile guy no. at all. You know what? When we And when we talk about these quarterbacks and how it's the evolution of the quarterbacks, everybody's got to be able to move. It's a very you, there's a very short list, Chris, of who's left as far as yeah, you just have no mobility at all because you got a Taylor Heineke. Sure, he can even move a bit, but I would say you got Kurt, you got Matthew Stafford who can't run at all. Okay, right. He has Kirk Cousins. Oh, he's, he's he's got that mobility in the pocket now. All right. There's a, there's a difference between sure. You know, that's what the Brock Purdy thing is, right? He's, he's no, but Brock ain't. No, he got the he got the ten, 10 yard split. split. Don't get me started. Get the ten yard Brock split. Brock can move. Brock can move. I would no, not put Brock move. in yeah. the Brock same. Brock can absolutely move. I would not. And put he Brock, can throw on the run too, which is nice. I would not put Brock in the same category as Kirk Cousins. But it seems like they are a, a dying a dying breed. The guys that seem to be more stationary and one of the yes. guys that is more station even joe burrow can get going if he yeah, needs to yeah i can't right? even i'm having a hard time back here i'm thinking, going through right now and i i see i mean all, it was flacco <laughs> he couldn't move at all flacco, but that doesn't even count i mean weirdly tua and a lot of people yeah. a lot of dolphins fans say that's due to some of the hip injuries the hip injuries the concussions tua did move a lot i'm still going through here mac jones all of the mac jones who is he going to be a quarterback that gone is he going to be a quarterback so you have a guy in jared goff who i think uh, am i tripping earlier in his career with the rams He'd run an option here or there. Am I making that up? I think you might so. be. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, he had yeah, Todd Gurley. I just remember has, seeing him run. Uh, um, he I don't remember seeing him run. will like take that. a sack, too. Like, no, he no loves doubt. to take he a sack. He will take a sack. And I would put Baker Mayfield. Weirdly, Baker's undersized Baker's and mobile. can't move. Baker's no, mobile. Baker can move. What are you talking Baker's about? Baker's mobile. Baker right. can definitely move. Okay. Baker's he, mobile. Well, So there's middle grounds, right? But whatever it is, I think Jared Goff is – one of the least mobile quarterbacks, starting sure. quarterbacks sure, in yeah. the league. I think Baker and uh, Purdy are pretty similar. Purdy might be a little faster, yeah. but when it comes to mobility, I think they're almost... That's fair. Yeah. So there's like the Baker, Purdy, and then there's a Kirk Cousins, I would say, after that. And then there's Goff. And maybe Goff Kirk is Cousins. a standing guy. Goff does not... Goff is on the same level of like Derek Peyton Carr. Manning when it comes to not moving. Derek Carr will move. Derek Carr will die for the end zone and all that well, stuff. No, like, Derek Carr will take it out of the end <laughs> yeah, zone. Yeah, that's what I mean. Derek, Derek, Derek Carr, Carr will stand there and take a hit. I feel like Derek Carr and John Elway have the same mobility. And maybe it's because I'm thinking of well, John Elway being smashed through the air for that touchdown in the Super Bowl, spun around. But I, I, I think they move more than Jared Goff. Yeah, it's crazy. The bottom line is that Jared Goff, they're not they're not a lot of starting quarterbacks that are less mobile than Jared Goff. Yeah. So my point is, if you can't sack Jared Goff, that's a problem. 
that is a problem, and I don't want to hear about getting pressure on him. Because that's what Bosa just said. That's what Bosa just said now. So I guess what is their job? Is their job to get to the quarterback, or is their job to affect the quarterback's decision-making or play? Yeah, it's both. And here we go from our guy Akash Anavarathan, the EPA expected play average per play in a clean pocket. Brock Purdy is number one, and Jared Goff is number seven. The expected play average per play under pressure, Brock Purdy is number three. How about that? Jared Goff, you want to guess where Jared Goff ranks here? He's number 28. He's basically the worst quarterback under pressure. He's definitely the worst quarterback left under pressure. that's also... Is that a that's a per play average like a a per situation average? Because I was going to say okay, because I was going to say he's probably not under pressure too often. That line is sick. That's the fair. Lions probably have. I I will definitely say they have the best offensive line remaining in the uh, in the playoffs. But I mean, it could just be a a, a situation of he's really not under duress very often, which mm-hmm. is what that team is built. I mean, they built that team, <laughs> the Lions. Hey. I don't know if y'all knew this. The Lions have had a lot of top picks here in, true. In, in in their recent yes. and not so recent history. So they've been able to build this thing out about as as carefully and uh, meticulously as you could want. And they've they've really built out that that uh, that offense specifically from the line out. And so I I think it's I think it's gonna be tough to get to him. If you're talking about getting all the way to him, I think it's gonna be tough, especially with I mean if if. Wilkes is Wilkes still really only sending four guys. I, I know that was a thing really throughout the majority of the season, but is he have we noticed any sort of switching up or diverting from that plan? Because I know he'll bring blitzes. Really, okay. He'll bring blitzes, but I yeah, mean, it's yeah, not like he's, he's blitz at, occasionally. But. He's not running like a, a a five two where there's five on the line, right. five D linemen, and then uh, you you know it, it, he definitely blitzes though. He'll bring Fred or Dre Dre in usually yeah. sometimes. And so. nobody, right, and nobody has really seemed to to get home. Jordan Love is obviously much more mobile and or mobile right. in the pocket. Absolutely. Right, and just more elusive in, in general than Jared Goff. So, I mean, all this stuff is shaking up, man, for the Niners to just do work. Yeah, I mean, the, the, to me, the Lions defense is the part of this where it's just that that's where they lose me. I mean, we can talk about the Lions offense all day and, and how many weapons they have and how, you know, the Niners can't sleep on this and the Niners defenses look shaky. But the other end, it's just like I, I just I don't see how the Lions defense forget stopping the Niners. I just don't see them making enough plays to to realistically make this thing tough for them. I feel like the Niners are going to go into every single offensive possession saying, we should probably score a touchdown here. Right, Anything right. less is honestly a failed drive because, I mean, with the Niners, it's like complete two completely opposite ends of the spectrum where the Niners are so ridiculously crazy efficient on offense. And it's not like the Lions' defense is completely just unusable, but they're definitely, I mean, they're, they're kind of like the – Kings defense of last year where yeah, yeah they not might not run be the defense. worst not their run defense. no 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 absolutely no their their pass defense more so but even then I mean I, I said it I think yesterday even if you have the best run defense in the NFL when you're facing the best running back in the NFL yeah I mean that's a real test of how strong you're you're actually are at that uh at, at that specific part so 
I, I just think it's going to be a tough side, a tough assignment for the uh, the Lions defense to just sl- even try and slow down the Niners. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. No. We'll do our official predictions tomorrow. Taking overs, all for of sure. <laughs> yeah, all of the all of the numbers that we're seeing, and just based on what the Niners have faced this season and what the Lions have faced this season, are pointing towards the Niners taking care of Mrs. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, Bronny James, is there a path to get him to Sacramento (laughs) and his dad as well? Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. From the 707, getting back to some Kings talk. Shout out 707, could be E40. I don't understand how these first round picks are mortgaging the future. These middle picks are a hit or miss. Davion was a first round pick. He's terrible. And I think, Jeez. I don't think he's terrible. And I think I'll pick this, our pick this year forward, who doesn't even play. I'd rather have a proven player. We, we don't have a first round pick from this year. Well, he thinks. No, forward. that's what I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we, we, it was Omax Prosper, and uh, he's not playing for the Mavericks right now. So Jordan Ford was a two way player. Jordan Ford was a two way player. I do understand where 707 is coming from, though, as far as the. If you are picking in the teens or later. I mean, it's and, a crap shoot, and, and it's, it's a, incredibly and it's, valuable. Yeah, like it's think about what Christian if, Brown did for the Nuggets last year. He pretty much and he made Bruce Brown expendable by being a a late twenties pick that they hit on. But would you argue that Look, the ideas of picks might I mean, be Hopkins. more valuable Absolutely. than the actual picks? It's like a car. Absolutely, okay. it's the second you make the pick, it's no longer the same value as if you would have traded it five minutes before making mm-hmm. the pick. Absolutely. Yeah, and then from the nine one six, why is a garbage running back and was going crazy in Detroit. So their running defense are on Detroit. So they're white. I think they meant to say, so their running defense doesn't look too good to me. We'll see. Like I said, they're between the fact that the fact that the lions have to defend both with the Niners, the Niners should win this football game. We're yes. not saying that they're not, we're just telling you where Detroit's, Running defense is ranked. If you don't think that they have a good running defense, that's fine. I'm just we're just we're just saying what the numbers say. And look, when you do have to face a team like the Niners, who aren't specifically going to run the football or throw the football, they can do both. And when they're best when they are balanced, and every team is best when they're balanced, but they have elite players to balance it out. That's when that's when teams get into trouble. So yeah, the Lions. They the the Cinderella story and we'll get into later in the show about do 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 the Lions really represent the rest of America mm. and as far as the Niners and the hate towards Brock Purdy we'll talk about that as well but yeah Niners should take care of business don't there's no doubt about it we're just saying the Lions are supposed to have a good rushing defense based on based on the numbers all right everybody's favorite 
son of an athlete, Bronny James. <laughs> there is a report out. This is from Windhorse. I'll read it, then we'll play the audio. Everyone's got an opinion on Bronny James. I've got people telling me this guy's going in the first round, no doubt. Not necessarily because of what he's showing at USC, but just because of the dynamics around the pick. Let's hear from him. And Bronny James, because everybody's got an opinion. And by the way, they're all different. It's not like people are like, oh, that guy shouldn't come out. Or, you know, I mean, like, I've got people telling me this guy's going in the first round, no doubt. And not necessarily because of um, what he's showing at USC, but just because of the dynamics around the pick. I just say he's 19 years old playing his first year of college basketball, and he had a major health event in, in July, like seven, eight months ago. So, like, my expectations for him are pretty low, but I, that's not everybody. Everybody's a lot of people have huge expectations for him. So, I know you're contractually obligated to watch and track Bronny James. So, where is he in your eyes at this point? Yeah, well, here's what I'll say. Like, I saw him play in high school a bit. So, I've sort of seen his progression. I'll say two things. One, like, if he, if he, if he were not who he is, like, if his name were not LeBron James Jr., um, I, I do think he'd be viewed as a prospect. Like, he plays the right way. He has a skill set. He's a good player. But I will also say that given all you just said, factoring in the health factor and him still getting acclimated to playing, like I, I think, uh, you know, were he not who he is, I also think that he would be viewed as probably more of like a guy who would benefit from. Yeah, I mean, even just the clips that I've seen, right, we were discussing genes before the show and Bronny is not cut from the same cloth as LeBron as far as Physically, he is a point guard. And at this point, from what I've seen, a three and D type point yeah. guard, he he doesn't really create that much as far as scoring. He's not an elite scorer at this moment in time. I've always thought deep down and I don't I don't have any sources. I don't know the James, but I've always thought deep down. You know, is it crazy to think that Bronny? I know, you know, it wouldn't be the first time a kid does something for themselves and not what their parents want. Is it crazy to think that Bronny doesn't come out? There's a part of me that thinks he won't come out. Oh, the yeah. health thing oh, that happened yeah. and obviously, you know, the USC, I don't know if no, they weren't terrible. very yeah, they're not very good. So, I don't I don't think it's out of the realm of of possibility that Bronny doesn't come out and he just says, "Hey dad, I want to make sure that I have a good Yeah. I college have a good experience, college right? experience and I want to make sure that when I do leave I'm ready. Shortened off season because of the health scare. He's they're claiming they're saying he's six four. He is a point guard who doesn't create too much. Every time he I plays see a more clip, like a two. I think if he's gonna be in the NBA, he's probably gonna play two guard. Every time I see a clip of him scoring, it's catching a pass and shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It's he can not drive creating. a little bit. He's really fast. I'm That's sure the he thing. He can drive he's, a little bit, but yeah. we're, we're talking about the NBA draft here. No, for sure. I mean, there's nothing like special about his his profile or anything like that besides the fact his name is LeBron James Jr. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you could maybe convince yourself that he's somebody who knows who he is and mm. there's some value of that. Like, I don't think Bronny's under un- any illusion that he is not literally LeBron, LeBron James, James yeah, yeah. Jr. So uh, I, I think in that sense, I mean, he's also coming from obviously uh, an NBA family. He he understands what it takes to be an NBA player. There's some things you could talk yourself into, but if his name wasn't LeBron James Jr., absolutely, there's no way he would be even considering remotely going into the NBA draft. 
But it well, might happen, especially in a – this is, from what I understand, the worst draft uh, year that there's been – they're saying since like 2013 when Anthony Bennett and, and – uh, you know, Ben McLemore, Victor but now, Oladipo. But now you sound like the 707. Yeah. Then blank those picks. Oh, this well, year? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Kings blank those they, picks. They pretty much don't have their first-round pick this yeah. year. So, I mean, they, they pretty much already did do that with, with Kevin Herter. <laughs> they absolutely did that. And teams are – I mean, yeah, you hear how picks are being thrown out left and right. I, I think picks have been completely devalued. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's just play the game that Bronny does come out. Yeah. Right. How do you think this whole thing goes? I bet he's a second-round pick. Someone's going to take a flyer on him. Um, I don't think that any team is actually going to fall for the illusion that you get Bronny and you get LeBron. You don't? No, I don't think so. I think teams are smarter than that. I, th- I think that, you know, there's a chance, of course. It's like, I mean, you know, we'll talk about it in a second, but, like, Thanasis is is apparently on the <laughs> trade block and – it's no different than that, but it's, uh, you know, yeah, you have a chance at signing uh, LeBron uh, or an elevated chance of signing LeBron, but I don't think LeBron is just going to say, oh, Bronny got drafted by uh, Portland. I'm, I guess I'm packing my bags and, and moving know, to the man. PNW. He really wants to play with he Bronny. Does. He does. So how else would under that happen? Under LeBron circumstances. But I don't think – I don't know if it's under LeBron circumstances. I mean, we hear, like, guys like Trace Jackson Davis managed to uh, let his draft stock slip. Austin Reeves did the same thing. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if Bronny's not a first-round pick, clutch client, I guarantee Bronny Jr. is going to be a, uh, a clutch client. I guarantee they'll talk to teams and say, hey, if, uh, if, if you don't actually have plans of playing Bronny, like – don't draft him because we're going to get him to the Lakers, and that's what's going to happen if he he can just go undrafted and be okay. undrafted free agent. Okay, yeah. I see that. That 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 be what I, I see get. the vision because it's not crazy if Bronny goes undrafted. You know, like it's it's like when Horse said he's hearing allegedly he's hearing first round buzz, but again, I I think that teams when push comes to shove and. You know they really need to to make a pick, especially you know maybe maybe a team like OKC or Utah who has thirty first round picks in the next four years. Maybe they're viewing their third first round pick in the in the first round as ah, whatever. Yeah, here we'll take Bronny. It's whatever. It's it's whatever to us anyway. But I I wouldn't be surprised if Bronny goes undrafted. The Knicks are considered the favorites to acquire Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Should the <laughs> it's Milwaukee your Bucks subject, isn't it? decide? You put it. You, I know. You, you put know, it down. You did it for I me. Know you, you love it, it so much. Should the Milwaukee Bucks decide to trade him? This is per Bavada. Knicks have the best odds. <laughs> what are we doing? There's more of a. There is more of a chance of LeBron following Bronny. Then, then Giannis following yeah. his G League brother <laughs> to the Knicks. Would he even get minutes before Giannis got there? No. You think he would play Dude, any? You Did you see that clip yesterday? Did you see no. that clip yesterday when he was warming up and then he was bouncing his legs? I don't even know what he was doing. How much is he making? I don't know. Dude, Giannis know. is such a good brother. He's, he's got two others, so how is he going <laughs> to hook the other two up? He's got to figure it out. I don't know. Maybe G League contracts yeah. or something like i think one of them is with their g league team funny enough no come on now no, people dude people if he goes to new york the media is gonna go insane it's gonna about go that. nuts so but i guess prob- that's why those odds are so good yeah. i don't think you know what i think Giannis, you get a taste of that pa- that power okay and you will never have you will not have that type of power in a big market no 
You no, won't. No, no. I mean, even LeBron mm-hmm. has had some issues in L.A., right. and that's LeBron. Maybe if he goes to, like, the Brooklyn uh, Nets or something, like, where he can say, hey, well, like yeah, we talked Bro- about yesterday, hey, you guys want to make an inroad in New York? Bring Giannis to town. Yeah, but you also talked about how that didn't work. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> they didn't win a title. So, yeah, they you know, didn't that's, do really that's, that's anything. That was a different story. <laughs> different know? time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kostis is the youngest one? I believe Alex is the youngest. Okay, because Kostis, it just says, is a Greek Nigerian professional basketball player. Yes, one and of he's them is the not group, even in the NBA. So he's yeah. not even so Giannis must not love him as much. <laughs> and then you have Francis. Really? Francis, oh, he's 35. He doesn't oh, even geez. hoop. Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, imagine Archie being Giannis's okay. brother and you can't hoop. He doesn't hoop. And now you have Alex. <laughs> Some say Giannis can't hoop either. Yeah, <laughs> Alex is the one in, in G League with the Wisconsin herd. Who with the they? Wisconsin oh, herd. The okay, exactly. so he's got the three. He's, he's got, got the three. So the question ultimately is, and <laughs> I mean is, this, how bad is Coach? Dude. Or Costas. Yeah. Costas, he's six ten and he's twenty six, and Giannis can't even get you on the G League team. I think Costas had a cup of coffee in the NBA, but I I've never heard of Francis. He just says, "Hey yeah. man, I what can't if, save all of us." What if Francis is like five eight? Francis he's just has super to be their short. Manager or something. Francis, yeah, I'm sure Francis is chilling. Yeah. Like you said, he doesn't hoop, so they don't even have his listed height. He does not look like the other brothers. He is the one bro. Who does not? Who Good does old not? Frank. Who, they probably call him Frank. Yeah, Frank we will get. We will have more information. <laughs> we have more information on Frank when we get back. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Thanks to everybody that helped out. I think I have this all figured out. The, I, you know what? I'm really confused. Can somebody help me? As I'm just learning a lot about public transportation. I mess with Amtrak a lot. I go on Amtrak uh, a lot when when Chris and I were trying to figure this whole thing out. But what is the difference between Capital Corridor and Amtrak? Why are there two different names? Uh, that I believe me. Capital Corridor is just the um, so I believe, and I could be completely wrong here. Like, um, you know what? I'm not even going to try and do it. I would just okay. say Amtrak goes uh, like all America and Cal- Capital Corridor is mainly just, uh, this I, Northern. I yes, I believe, but it's based out of Sacramento. Gotcha. Like all, gotcha. all of the, I, I that could sounds be right. completely wrong, but just judging off of the am in Amtrak, assuming that's America track mm-hmm. and Capital Corridor having something to do with Capital of uh, California, and I believe the logo has the uh, capital on there. So just a little bit of uh, investigative wow. journalism by me. Look at this but, guy. Uh, some might. Look at this you know, guy. I got the brown coat just on. Just grinding. Today, so. Trust your yeah. work. Yeah. Trust your oh, work. Okay. Shout as out the Shout out Davion. As the Kings try to trust their work tonight, headed to the Bay to take on the Warriors. No, Sasha. Like the Bay. Yeah. Thank you, Draymond. Come on, Dre. He is back, and Sasha Vazankov is out. Right, he is right. going to be reevaluated in seven to fourteen days, something like that, with the ankle. I think 
He went two ankle sprains yeah. in the course of a week. How about an injury right? update from the Kings? Wow. Yeah. 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 Remember when I was complaining about that all that know, time ago? Everybody's, everybody is starting to level up. And how you feeling? I know that they've been down. The, yeah. the Warriors, I was actually hoping that the Warriors would take care of business, obviously, with everything going on and the passing of their assistant coach. And they haven't played in a very long time. It was a very emotional Situation: We will have J.D. John Dickinson, who is the Warriors insider for KNBR uh, out there in the Bay. We will have him on at 1230. But, yeah, I, I was just thinking, man, okay, well, I, I want them to get the win because of that. Right. I also want them to get the win because the Kings are coming to town. Yeah. And if they were to lose yesterday, they would have even worse intentions on their mind, losing to the same shorthanded Hawks team. And they yep. – Basically led wire to wire. I mean, I, I, real quick before we get into the Warriors, what do you think DeJounte Murray's thought process is? I mean, he's literally just playing pickup basketball. Yeah. From what I understand, he's vibing right now. Yeah. Like, he's literally saying, oh, okay, I got graduation goggles. Like, I'm not going to view this as sad. I'm going to say, yeah. great, this thing's almost over. Mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy this freedom while I have it because it right. seems like pretty soon I'm going to be asked to be in a pretty serious situation where I'm going to have to buckle down. So, Shout out him. Shout yeah. out shout out to Jonathan yeah, I mean, Murray. He, He's like Trey Young ain't playing. Right. Y'all are trading us all anyway. Yeah. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna enjoy this time in Atlanta. I'll, yeah, I'm gonna it's a great get these, city from what I hear. I'm gonna get these buckets up I'm and get I'm these gonna these wings. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have a great old time looking at the box score for the Warriors last night with the Hawks. Andrew Wiggins, twelve points. Yeah. Dario Sarge. I can't, I don't do not let Dario Sarge. He cooked kill us, us last man. time, man. I don't With, know if it was last time, but it one was of the two times, times ago. Yeah, it was it was in chase, pretty, though. Yeah, yeah. It was in chase. Right. So, you know, we know how bench players, role players play, and he's been starting a little bit as well. Yes, yeah. With Dray Draymond has been coming off the bench. I don't think I, we can ask JD, but I don't think that today would be the first day that he starts. But Dario Sarge, 10 points, 16 minutes. Kevon Looney, you know, Kevon Looney, great story. If you're ever bored. Look up Kevon Looney high school highlights. I mean, mm. the dude was a stud. He was different. He was pulling yeah. KD comparisons. And yeah. I know if you've never heard this before, I probably sound insane, but just go watch go the watch tape. It. It's crazy. Go watch the tape. Now, Kevon Looney, a diminished role. It's just the game is kind of just passing him by, sure. I feel like, and his type of play. Seven rebounds last night in 10 minutes, two points. Steph Curry, of course, 25 points. Clay Thompson, 24 points. Jonathan Kaminga with a historic night with tying Chris Mullen by going 11 for 11. Mm. He did not miss a field goal. He yeah. had 25 points, the perfect game. And Brandon Pajimski, who really just gets on my nerves, 10 yeah. points. Draymond <laughs> with 12. I believe he had two three-pointers. Trace Jackson Davis, four points. So, Corey's Joseph, who they've been trying to get out of there, but there's nothing, nowhere for him to go until we've been there before. Until Chris Paul gets back with eight points, and this is a team that you never know, man. They still sure got don't. that guy over there. They still got yeah. number thirty over there. You never know when Clay, Clay twenty four points for Clay is is pretty good these days. Yeah, last time we saw him, he was struggling. Now you might think that okay, no way Clay goes back to back to two twenty plus game right. twenty point plus games back to back. Clay was emotional. During the yeah. tribute, Clay, you know, was really emotional during that. Pretty hard to, pretty hard to to bounce back from a game like that. Very emotional, but they could say, guys, we got Draymond back. We we were playing for a higher purpose now to, 
you know what I mean, right. to to kind of show our respects show respect, and, right. and all of that. This could be what they feel like could catapult their season Absolutely. and get them back in the right direction. And they get yeah. to do it against the palate cleanser of the Kings. A little right. rivalry. They're going to get up for that. I'm worried, Chris. I'm for worried. Sure. No, I mean, and, and I mean, it's something that Mike Brown said uh, more so when the Kings were struggling with their back-to-back issues. A reason why he said it's so tough is because that second night of a back-to-back, you can't really fully prep for. It's mm. such a quick turnaround in terms of game planning. You can only tell the guys a certain amount of things. Well, the Warriors aren't really falling into that. I mean, they played the Kings so, so many, many times. times. It's like, hey, just do what we did the uh, 15 other times we've played these guys in the last two months. So in that sense, you know, the Kings are losing a bit of a natural advantage there. And, you know, like you said, Golden State, they're they're playing with with uh, with a purpose right now. They also uh, are playing refreshed in a, in a way. Yeah, I mean, they haven't – they, they took all of last week off with the game suspended, uh, with the two games, I believe, suspended last week. So, you know, in theory, if you are going to be coming back and playing a back-to-back – this should be a, a pretty well-rested Warrior team, even though, uh, you know, you could also maybe say, hey, possibly they're they're going to be a little bit rusty. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they, they put so much effort, you know, not a crazy amount of effort yesterday. Clay played 30 minutes, uh, Steph played 31, so nothing crazy. But at the same time, they haven't played those uh, back-to-back in a really long time either, so... Who knows? They might be uh, just a little bit out of shape, but right. they're gonna they're gonna probably rely on uh, those those two guys you mentioned off the bench a lot today. If I had to guess, a lot of Pajemski and a lot of Kaminga because you got to rely on your young guys when uh, when you know you're you're an older team like Golden State. Is. And and respectfully, right? These games have to be played. You understand that situation. If you're the Kings, you got to yep. get out there and run. Yep, absolutely. You got to get out there and run. Don't you know? Got to take care of the basketball, but you got to get out there and run and and regardless, it's still a back-to-back. has yeah. nothing to do with whether they – obviously, that's part of it, too, that they haven't played in a little bit. But you got to get out there and run. And if you're the Kings, you have only – you played two two games in the span of six days yeah. or, or yeah. more than that, 10 days, right. something like that. You're just as rested almost. Yeah, even, much. And even so, and you're not coming off the back-to-back. Yeah. And as we break down the other – the other games on this road trip, no disrespect to the Warriors, but this yeah. is going to be one of the easier games for you ba- based on the standings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, like you said, you haven't played since Monday. And uh, the Kings, too, you should use this as a nice little testing ground to see, hey, we haven't played these fools in a really long time. And, you know, <laughs> the Kings struggled. I mean, even the one win they got was a miraculous comeback in which the Warriors blew a 20-point second-half lead. Let's see if the Kings are a little bit past that point now is the yeah. Warriors a little bit off their backs the Warriors have had uh you know a tough stretch since then they've they've you know lost a ton of games they're now what three or four games below four, 500 the Kings should look at this as hey last every time we've played these guys it's felt like they're still having a little bit of that warrior juice left now it feels like there's not much of the mystique of mm-hmm. the the golden years of Golden State Warriors Let's let's see the Kings try and treat them like they're just a a typical NBA team and not this big huge presence that we know the Warriors to be. Get into a break when we get back. How can the Kings take down the Warriors? And your calls on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.